This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Welcome to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. Folks, we've had uh, rock stars, we've had experts, and uh, every now and again we bring you a very special guest. And I'm absolutely delighted uh, to be joined by Antishak Leo Varadkar, who's come in today and two of his staff to get their fitness assessed for a six-week challenge over the course of the next six weeks. We've taken measurements, we've taken uh, lots and lots of testing from a press-up test, a sit-up test, a plank challenge, a one-kilometer run test, and in six weeks' time, we're going to be back here retesting again. On Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, welcome to the Real Health Podcast. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Fantastic. I'm not as busy as you, and I'm pretty busy. Uh, you're flat out, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, a lot going on at the moment. So talk to us about why you came, uh, you came in today and why, 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 why you get tested. Yeah, well, I probably, probably followed on from uh, the Operation Transformation uh, metabolic age test that I did, which had me come out with the metabolic age of 53 or something similar. And I'm actually 40, at least chronologically, <laughs> and uh, um, tried to keep reasonably fit and maintain a reasonably good diet, which is... Not the easiest thing to do, given the pressures of the job, but um, um, so I was a bit surprised at that, so I thought I'd maybe delve into it a little bit more and uh, find out where I'm doing well and what the problem might be and how I can deal with it. But it's from the test that you've done me, it was kind of what I thought. Okay. So that's sort of reassuring. And tell us about your fitness regime currently. Um, you've a phenomenally busy job, particularly mm. at this time, uh, this month, next month. Obviously, the B word, I'm not going to bring it up, but it's Indeed. a phenomenally stressful time. How do you manage to stay fit, active, healthy uh, uh, with all that stress? Well, it, it is just part of my routine. So, you know, I, I used to be very overweight. I was... 114 kilos with a 40-inch waist once upon a time and uh, um, have managed to improve that over the years. But like fitness has just become part of what I do. So so I try to train about four times a week, usually first thing in the morning before, before going into work. And that's kind of a mix of... Um, you know, high intensity interval training and, and weights. And I actually enjoy that as well. Um, you know, in terms of the stress of the job, it's, it's actually a bit of time out. You know, you know, other people might do, might do yoga or something like that. But I, I find this is my time out because you're concentrating on the workout and you're not able to think about all the other things. Um, you put life on hold for an hour, yeah, for, for half an, an hour, hour uh, four times a week, um, which isn't huge in the greater scheme of things. But um, uh, as well as that, though, it's also very flexible because if I'm in a hotel room in Brussels, you know, chances are the hotel is a gym. If I'm uh, in London, you know, you're never more than a kilometre from a park. So mm -hmm. uh, once you actually make it part of your routine, I think it's pretty easy. And if I don't do it, that's when I actually kind of get stressed because, you know, I'm like a, a dog that hasn't been taken out for a walk in <laughs> three or four days or something like that. And um, in terms of, so when you're travelling then, so it, you build it around your travel routine as well. And in terms of yeah. mornings, what's morning for you? You're an early riser, aren't you? Uh, not as early as, um, not as early as, as like a normal kind of time for anyone who lives in commuter land, which I do. So maybe 6.30, 6.45. 
would be in the gym or running or something by, by this week weekday by seven, uh, out by eight, and be able to do my first appointment or whatever, sort of nine-ish. Um, weekends be different. If I can, I try to get a little bit of extra sleep. And then, you know, when the weather's good, I, I, I do like running, but I don't like being rained on. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, fair weather uh, Yeah, so I t- t- tend to do a bit of running in the summer um, with the sun on my back. But uh, in the winter, I tend to avoid it. I'm fascinated by um, how you wind down. We met Adam Clayton uh, in May of last year, and it was one of the questions I asked him as well in terms of, he's a rock star, he's on stage to 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people, and it's how he winds down after a concert and actually gets himself to sleep. How do you wind down after the stress of the kind of days that you're having? Do you find it easy to sleep? Do you find it hard to sleep? Do you have a process that you go through? His was Camomile Tea and Sky News. That was his kind of yeah. way of un- unraveling. No, I, 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 I don't find it hard to get to sleep. Um, you know, Jerry because I'm quite tired by the end of a, end of a long day. And um, usually what I would do last thing would be read my papers for the next day. So Monday night would read all the papers for the cabinet meeting, might go through my speeches and things, read memos. So it's always possible to bore yourself to sleep with a, <laughs> a memo on, some, on something very technical. Um, so, but I don't, I don't have a problem sleeping. I probably don't get enough sleep, though, yeah. but that's just the nature of the game. Because sleep, when it comes to health, is crucial. And, and you know, for our listeners, we've talked about sleep before. We've had sleep experts in. We know how crucial it is that that magic kind of eight-hour time frame in terms of health, in terms of recovery, um, sometimes in terms of weight loss, and, and, and people who don't lose weight, sleep can be one of the reasons that people don't. How many hours a night? Um, between five and six, okay. which probably isn't enough, but isn't awful. Like one thing I was saying to you though earlier, though, which did which did kind of bother me is is you know I had a couple weeks off last August, and you know I wasn't training as intensively as I or- ordinarily would, and I was having a late dinner and plenty of wine every night, and I lost like three pounds on holidays, <laughs> and I kind of thought. This is probably down to the fact that I'm getting eight hours sleep, but yes. uh, that's just not practical well, during normal sleep, times. Sleep and stress are two massive triggers for weight gain or for weight plateauing. We know that. I've seen that with clients over the years. We've seen it on on uh, lots of on operation transformation over the years. There are two massive components of weight that people don't really think about, mm. but unfortunately, stress is a part of life and busyness is a part of life, and especially yours. Um, favorite type of exercise? What do, what, do you, what do you love to do? You have a good mixture. You do a lot of uh, resistance and a lot of kind of rowing and stuff. What's your favorite? Yeah, well, like, like um, I do like running if it's sunny and swimming as well. Um, and I don't particularly like the high-intensity stuff, but I'll do it. Um, but I do like the weightlifting. I do kind of like lifting heavy things. Yeah, it feels good. And it's a great way to produce yeah. endorphins, obviously. And muscle and gaining muscle is a crucial thing for health, especially as you get older, which mm. is important. Food. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about it. Diet. Yeah, that's, that, that's the problem. Uh, so, uh, like, like in theory, what I tried to do is a, you know, low-carb, high-protein diet. In reality, that's not what happens, um, largely because I'm out and about a lot and around about a lot, so uh, I'm not really eating at home very much, so I'm not really controlling what I'm eating. It's mm-hmm. not what comes out of the fridge. It's, it's where I happen to be, um, and I think that's definitely... A problem now. I've given up alcohol for Lent, um, Great. which I think will help because obviously alcohol is full of sugar, and after you drink a few glasses of wine, you're more likely to have the dessert or eat, eat something you shouldn't eat. Of course. Um, but um, yeah, and I probably do during the day, you know, sort of snack like sort of crisps and sweets, and it you convince yourself that you're not having a lot of them. But mm-hmm. I imagine if I put them all on the one plate every day, it would be a lot. Okay, so t- improving your diet over the course of the next six weeks is going to be, be a really important thing. Yes. 
Yes, food diary is a really good way to do that. And for our listeners, the same thing. If you you know we want to improve your food, tracking it is a really good way to improve it because you're more aware of what you're eating, which is which is really important. Um, as, as I tell the HSC all the time, what you don't measure, you can't improve. But they um, <laughs> they don't believe me. <laughs> well, it's, it's true. Um, talk to me about uh, the workplace. One of the reasons you're coming in is you want to get the staff on Leinster House fitter. I know we've two of them that we're going to measure a little bit later on as well. So that's part of the process. But leading from and you're leading from the front, which is great. Um, in terms of a culture of health in Leinster House, hmm. what's it like? Where it's at? Well, Where's I, it at? Like I, I've um, two of my staff here with me today, Philip and Angela. I think you'll be talking to them later on, well, yeah. and they're going to do the same uh, same uh, six week program that I'm going to do. And Angela's the new mum, and Philip's works to meet younger guy uh, trains as well. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I guess we'll be able to support each other and monitor each other. Uh, so that'll help in terms of accountability and so on. Um, do you feel that the key, one of the key things for me over the last kind of uh, year or two was that famous uh, photo of yourself and Justin Trudeau running in the Phoenix Park. I thought it was an amazing to see the leader of a country promoting health as opposed to the standard pint of Guinness in the Irish pub, I thought was really, really important. Do you think that it's important to lead visually from the front as well I suppose you're here for, for a similar reason I suppose um, look, I, I, think, I think there's room for both um, I'm pretty sure there's a picture out there of me having a glass of Guinness <laughs> with, uh, or a pint of Guinness with the, with the Dutch Prime Minister so I think there's room for both um, uh, I, 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 think it, I think it is like you know I, I'm a former health minister and a former sports minister so it was really back when I became sports minister that I started getting more interested in, in my own health and physical fitness because I felt particularly a sports minister, I should try and lead by example. And uh, you can't really preach participation in sports if you don't actually practice it. So yeah, that's yeah. probably where it, where it kind of started for, for, for me. Um, uh, and it was a great job to have because it changed my life in so many ways. I got much more interested in, in, in GA, which I wasn't interested in before, was interested in rugby before that, and started doing triathlon. And that was partially trying to lead by example a bit. Uh, but I never want to be preachy either at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, and... Uh, uh, I think our culture in Ireland is very different to that maybe in America, you, you know, where um, I don't think Irish people like being preached at. So I suppose it's, it's, Agreed, it's, a, yeah. it's a type of leading, for example, but Do you think in a non-preachy the, way, if that makes any sense. The culture of health is changing in Ireland in terms of both in the, in the, in the corporate time, yeah. space yeah. as well as in the public space. I do, yeah. Yeah, big time. Um, you know, I particularly see it with young parents, how much more aware they are of, of health and how important it is for their kids, how the household works and whether, you know, regular exercise and activity is part of what the family does, how they eat. Like, I really see it it, it, with young parents now. It's so different to when, you know, when I was growing up, even the whole idea around treats being, you know, chocolate-based or Mm -hmm. sugar-based. So I think that's really changed. Um, And I think it's evident that, that, you know, drinking patterns have changed as well. Um, I don't think we're drinking an awful lot less, but we're definitely drinking differently. Um, less so binge, it, it less is, binge yeah, drinking and well, more, more balanced. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not, but I, I definitely think it has changed. And you, you, know, you see yourself, the number of people, like I, I represent West Dublin and the number of people you see out in the Phoenix Park, you know, using it for running and cycling and so on. It's, it's, which is amazing. And especially now they, clo- they close off the, the thoroughfare bit at the mm, weekend, which is That is very fantastic. controversial. Oh, it's brilliant. It's the best thing ever. Um, I, I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, but my constituents are equally divided as to whether it's a wonderful thing or an appalling inconvenience when they're trying to get home. Depends <laughs> if you're in, the, in a car or on foot, I suppose. Exactly. That's what makes a big difference. <laughs> Folks, as ever, you're listening to The Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by Antishak Lee of Ralker, who's come in... Um, 
to get measured and get assessed along with two of his staff from Leinster House to show companies around the country and our listeners around the country that they can get fit too. As part of the process for coming in today, we said we would perform some measurements. So we took some inch measurements, uh, we did a full body analysis, and we also took some fitness measurements as well. And we're going to have a quick run through the numbers for those. It's important if you're listening in, I want you to try these tests over the, uh, today or over the course of the next few days. And in conjunction with the Taoiseach in six weeks, try them again and see the, the improvement that you're going to get in terms of your health. The first test that we did was a press-up test. The numbers and the parameters um, for men is uh, below 17 is poor, above 35 is absolutely epic. For women, it's below eight uh, is poor and above 26 is epic. On Taoiseach, you got 34 press-ups altogether uh, in a one minute time frame, which is really, really good. It's a really good indicator of strength, of upper body strength. Um, are press-ups something you do as part of your normal routine? Um, yeah, yeah, no, not, 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 not hugely, but I will. I would do kind of bench pressing and yeah. dumbbell pressing, so maybe that's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's the weight around, training, yeah. which is like it's it's a great, it's a really good number. Your technique was brilliant. You're 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 very consistent in terms of your timing, which was great. We then performed a, a sit-up test, and the reason we perform these tests are they're used by uh, the guards, by um, the army, fire brigade for basic mm -hmm. testing, and it's really it's a nice way to use it on on the on the podcast as well. Your sit-up test uh, we performed again a one-minute test. The parameters, 17 and below is poor, above 41 is epic, so basically above 20, 25 is good. For women, it's below 10 is poor, and above 33 is fantastic. He scored 27 uh, altogether, in, and I know sit-ups aren't something you do normally as part, of, as part of your workout, but it's a really good indicator of your core strength, um, which is great, 27 is a good number. In six weeks' time, both of those numbers are going to come up, I'm sure, which is good. Um, your plank challenge, and we did a regular plank, our corporate record, um, we do a lot of corporate work privately, is uh, 2 minutes 45 seconds uh, for mm. a plank challenge. You scored 2 minutes 30. I can do better than that, so I'll beat that corporate record. <laughs> 2 minutes 30 is really good. And folks, if you're listening but at I home... I do actually do plank, so half of this is just practice. Yeah, yeah. If, any, if anyone tries these things and you're not doing any of these things regularly, that's not fair, because you have to, you know... Of course. Is, a lot of it is practice. So. And folks, if you're listening in, your technique for your plank is very simple. I want a straight line from your hips to your shoulders. That's really important. Your back is lovely and flat. When the back isn't flat, that's when you stop the testing, if you're going to test yourselves at home. Um, and then finally, we did a one kilometer run test. So I'm big into running, walking. It's a, both are great forms of exercise. The timing on these, I suppose it's very much relative. So I want you to time yourselves if you're a walker or a fast walker, a jogger or a runner. Time yourselves over the kilometer and see what happens. Your time... This morning was 4 minutes 44 seconds on the treadmill for 1K. That's quick. It's a good test. So aerobic Ooh. fitness is good. It's okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Competitive. Uh, and you, I know rowing is something you do generally as part of your training. You run generally in the summer when the weather's a little bit yeah. better. So yeah, I just don't like treadmills. Um, yeah. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> Over the course of the next six weeks, have you got any nerves? Are you worried that when I bring you back here that the, that the numbers may or may not change? Have you got... Well, I a tiny bit because it's a very um, public space to yeah like a tiny bit because like I, I kind of found found in the last couple of months that my usual my usual kind of tricks for losing a bit of weight or whatever um, and the usual routines haven't actually worked and I'm kind of concerned that that might be middle age kicking in that um, you know I'm, it's maybe as you get older it's like running up an escalator you have to try harder to get the same results so yeah. I hope that's not true um uh, and I know that I have put on a bit of weight since I became Taoiseach. It's almost two years ago now, and uh, I've put on about five kilos, about 10 pounds, which I would love to believe is 
all muscle, but I'm sure it's not, unfortunately. Um, and do you weigh yourself every week? Yeah, once a week, yeah. Same time. Same, good. Not, that, that's a key indicator for keeping your weight pretty much as is. We have seen... And yeah, some, you know, and like I, I, again, when I... Been doing that for a couple of years, but I didn't always do it. But before I did it, it's it's alarmingly how quickly you can gain weight without even realizing it. Like it shouldn't be it shouldn't be when your shirt collar feels too tight or there's something wrong with your clothes because then you put on a lot of weight. Um, so um, I am a doctor, and doctors do recommend that everyone should weigh themselves once a week or once every two weeks mm -hmm. in, at, at the same conditions, you know, yeah. so the same time in the morning, because obviously that eliminates variation. Of course. Wednesdays as is becoming the day people are recommending or science is recommending for, for weekly weigh-ins because it provides a bit of balance. Mm. You've had a really bad weekend, yeah, you have two yeah. days to kind of get yourself back on track and, and the midpoint during the week tends to help. Um, it's been fascinating getting to chat to you uh, on the Real Health Podcast. It's been great getting to work with you downstairs. Your measurements are very, very good to start with. We're going to come back in six weeks' time and do. Except for the body fat, you didn't tell them the bad measurements. Well, the body fat. We're <laughs> going. Well, we're going to bring the body fat down. Uh, if you want, I can happily tell the public if you want, but that's up to you. Um, if if you want to, we have your full stats. And what we'll do is in six weeks' time, we'll give them the percentage. I think suffice to say, it's higher. What's it? Sort of twenty-seven percent. Twenty-seven point three percent body fat. So it should be maybe twenty. We'd like twenty-three or below. Okay. Ideally, and in terms of doing that, it's your muscle, it's um, your resistance training, which is what you're, you're doing. It's going to be working. It'll be working a little bit harder. Um, high intensity work in terms of cardiovascular, whether it's on the rower or whether it's running, the intervals will work really, really well. I think one of the reasons you're coming on, one of the reasons we're delighted to have you on, is to show companies around the country that you need to lead from the front. If you want to change your organisation, the mindset of your organisation in terms of their approach to health preaching is no good. You've got to show them that you're doing it too and you're taking part. And that's the reason we have two of your staff in later on yeah, as well. Yeah, and actually one thing we, we did in the most recent budget is there's now a, a tax incentive in place for uh, employers to put in fitness facilities in, in the workplace. That kicked in this year. Okay. Um, both incentivizing employers to put in childcare spaces and fitness spaces uh, in their in their companies, which they can offset against tax. So that's a new thing the government's brought in, right. and that's kind of a, that's there to encourage employers to make the workplace you know a more family friendly by having mm -hmm. childcare facilities, and secondly, um, you know, encouraging fitness in the workplace. Fantastic. So I'm not sure how many companies have availed of it yet, but it's, it's new. If you're listening in there. and you're an employee of a company or uh, an employer with uh, of a comp with uh, people below you in the company, check that grant out. The grants are fantastic to avail of. But in terms of health, we spend so much time in the workplace. We've covered it on the podcast several times in terms of our tips, in terms of guests that we've had on to improve workplace health. Standing more is really good. Switching lifts for uh, for stairs, really, really good. But also the environment that is the health place uh, is important and leading from the front as an MD or as an executive or or board director or anything like that is absolutely crucial which is why we're delighted to have you in uh, yourself to take part in the challenge and to, to get and fit over Philip the and Angela too. Don't, don't forget them uh, they're, in, yeah, they're, they're getting assessed later on they're a little bit looking nervous very, looking very sheepish, sheepish and nervous yeah. I told them the numbers are really good and they looked a little <laughs> bit frightened when I was out chatting to them earlier on um, folks you are listening to the Real Health Podcast in association with Layer Healthcare with me Carl Henry on Taoiseach Leo Riker. thank you so much for coming in today and taking part and we'll speak again in six weeks time great Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.